Courageous effort by Del Rio, but Kurt... Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, yes! It's finally! Finally! Ziggler! He's gonna cash it in with the finally! The money in the bank contract! He's waiting his time! He's cherry picked his moment! Don't this is it! We're about to have us a new champion!
the World Heavyweight Championship. Dolph Ziggler was criticized for months and months and months. All the naysayers saying he's done what everybody else has done. He's taken advantage of a wounded champion and he's cast it in to become the new world champion. From AJ to tears. It is deafening in the IZOD Center. This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the professor, Chao Bello Veracruz. Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder. And I will take the powers of those that have no fear. And the prodigal one, JB. The queen. The queen of the crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine. Hamenites, the PWCites, all the ites in the world. And speaking of all the ites in the world, what up to the WrestleManiaites that travel from the UK, that travel from Africa, that travel from Australia, all points in between to hunker down in the cesspool, that democratic cesspool called Los Angeles, <laughs> California. <laughs> California at SoFi Stadium last week for WrestleMania 39. But it is apropos Reflection Nights here at the Hami Media Group at Podbeam.com that we do a PWR podcast. We do an episodic podcast. We do an episodic that we haven't done in a long time because I remember doing this maybe once or twice the most. I remember doing a Raw at the main day because I think Pastor Travis Volt asked for one. Or it was TW that asked for one. And we did one in the 90s. So TW said... Professor, you know what? WrestleMania, we WrestleMania has been there, done that, we've been that. We've already done that. Why don't we do a raw after mania? And the professor was in the laboratories. The professor was thinking. And the professor was like, you know what? I'm thinking of the raw after manias for the last couple of years. I'm thinking of the raw after manias from the pandemic. I'm thinking of the raw after mania from the Thunderdome. I'm thinking of the raw after mania after politically correctness. Political correctness. It isn't fun anymore. So I had to go back in the labs. I had to go back in the time machines to find those good, 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 good old natural raw aftermanias. But I will talk about that in a second because right now I must introduce myself because I am vain like that. I must introduce myself because I'm getting old. I got diabetes. I got high cholesterol. The LDLs, the HDLs is all off the charts. In comparison to Raw After Mania in 2013, which we're going to talk about, to 2023. Oh my god, the body is wearing down. God damn it. I must introduce myself to kill myself from that. I am the most scholarly one. I am the most effervescent one. I am the most studious one. 
Not to mention I'm the most stupendous one, but most importantly, I'm the glorious one. The only objective man in this IWC, YWC, PWC punditry. Your friend of mine, the Professor Chabel Cruz. And I'm not here alone, no, 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 no. Because like, I'm going to talk about the Raw after Mania from 2013, a decade ago. I need my brother from another mother. I need the conservative liberal. The liberal conservative. The man with the iron stomach. Dr. Frankenstein is own. Dumb, dumb, doing it in its own. Tommy wonder how you doing with the shades on how how did you enjoy Wrestlemania was you shocked was you surprised uh, was it stunned. you expected stunned what was that but I was stunned by Wrestlemania and not in a good way and but however because I'm not a nerd like these internet fucks excuse my language but um I had a fear I had reservations going in that Everyone and their brother knew he was winning, so he wasn't going to win. And But I also thought, I did make this statement. I said, if the Usos lose the belts, I don't think Roman's losing his. But I didn't think it would be Cody losing. I thought it would be more like a Ric Flair disqualification type thing. That said, I believe that match was great. I believe it redeemed night two, but in all in all, night one was way better. Uh, but night two... I'm stunned by it, but then I thought about it and I told Travis, we, we talked about this going into it, like the term I use is I hope they don't Luger him, right? And so oh if you recall, Luger in red, white, and blue won at mm-hmm. SummerSlam, but didn't win the belt. And I don't think his WWE career was ever the same. McMahon said he wanted to save it for WrestleMania and then Brett won instead. Um, and Luger got cheated by Mr. Perfect, I believe. Um, but he didn't get the WrestleMania. So now, me ever being the optimist that I am, I'm mm-hmm. going to SummerSlam, and I believe I'm going to watch Cody Rhodes beat Roman Reigns for the world title in Detroit at SummerSlam, which would be reversing the Lex curse. It would be not doing it at Mania, making up for it at SummerSlam in Detroit mm-hmm. and putting a belt on him. And I think, or I have just one other little prediction that's like possible. What if he wins it at a Great American Bash in July? <laughs> I'm sorry, you said what if. I had to, I had to uh-huh. laugh. Yeah, so what if he won at a Great American Bash in July? It would be him doing what his dad didn't do. Make it in Atlanta. Make I don't know if they plan on doing a Great American Bash. Lately, they've been doing them on NXT. But, uh, yeah, but that would be cool. NXT but I gets believe the he's going to win the title. The bash. Huh? NXT gets the bash. Right. But they've had American bashes on the main roster. But anyway, I think I'm going to watch him win it in Detroit in August. And, and I'm okay with that. Because if he would have won, then he would have been undefeated as champ. Now he can actually go on a losing streak, go through hard times, baby. And then come back and then win it. And uh, I'll tell you what. First and foremost, you know, there's a handful of wrestlers I did not like. And a year and a half ago, there were four guys. That if any one of the four were on TV, I turned it off or fast-forwarded, depending on what it was. And those four guys put on possibly one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life. And at the end of it, I teared up because I knew exactly what those two guys felt. They they basically pulled an edge in Christian, but at the mm-hmm. ass end of their career, when they probably thought it was never, ever going to happen. And a year ago, 
they were going to leave and they chose to stay. And I, I don't think there's two guys on earth right now who are happier with their decision. They are the anti Adam Cole. They are happy. They chose to stay in WWE and that's Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the Usos. I have, I've officially come around on the Usos. Uh, I the ones. think they were yeah, the, I, ones. the ones, man, they bored me to death. Uh, Think about how many looks they've had. They did the Samoan SWAT team look with half their face painted. And then it was the dressing like Easy E that made me go, yeah, I'm done with these guys. But now, no, I think there's those are two guys that I think if you sat them down in a room, they have passion for the business. And, and the four of them, and every time Kevin Owens would go for the pin and everyone thought, this is it, I'm like, no. Sammy has to be the one to get the three count. And then how they did it was absolutely beautiful. Night one was flawless. There was not the only thing I would change is McAfee. I, I didn't need that. And not because I don't like McAfee, but yeah, I, it was, it was just a pointless uh, segment. I get what you're how, saying. How come all of a sudden Miz is the shemp of the three stooges of wrestling? He gets his ass beat for nothing. Like he deserves better, right? Like, Everybody has a he's role. Relief and he's an only two-time grand champion. I just, I think he deserves better. There's someone else you could do that with. It doesn't have to be Miz. But he has the charisma to carry a, a show to host it like that. Uh, and hats off to Snoop Dogg getting, getting, getting called in off the bench. It was, it was awkward. It was ugly. But hey, man, I feel bad for Shane McMahon. But that was some weird shit. Yeah. Well. With that being said, Reflection X, you got a little bit of the WrestleMania review of 2020 Tress. We don't do the present. We're supposed to do the past, but you know how TW is. He just, I just let him go on a harangue. You asked me what I thought about it. I didn't think he was going to give me a soliloquy. Hey, man, you asked me. I, I was very impressed with one night and the second night, not so much, but I think they redeemed it at the end with that match. That's all I'm saying. See, you said that right there in 15 seconds. But before that, you said it in like 23 minutes and 47 seconds. But I'm not mad at that. It's okay. That's what Man, makes I was giving credit to guys that have turned me around on them. Four guys. I'm talking all four of those guys. If they were on TV in any capacity, I turned the channel. Well, you know what? Good things come to those who wait. So Sammy, yeah. Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens are happy that you are still watching them right now. But anyway, Reflection Nights. We're not talking about WrestleManias. We've already we've done so many WrestleManias. I lost count right now. <laughs> but we are doing in this episodic episode the Raw after WrestleMania and TW. We are going to focus on ten years ago, April eighth, two thousand thirteen. So when this episode drops on the Hameen Media Group, when this episode drops, maybe on the PWSO networks on the YouTube's, it will almost be ten years to the day. Give or take on the weekends, TW. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, again, 10 years ago, I had less gray hairs. 10 years ago, I was probably 10 pounds lighter. 10 years ago, the cholesterol was lower. It's higher now. Everything you probably had more guys in your DMs 10 years ago, too. Jesus Christ, TW. You know, you, you was the only one in my DMs, and that's why we've had the best relationship <laughs> ever. But neither here nor there. And you don't even have to slide at the DMs. We are in a committed relationship. That didn't sound right, reflectionized, but you know what I'm talking about. But... T.W., you talked about wanting to, to do a Raw after Mania. So, I guess, what was the motivation? You Did you want to see the atmosphere? Because, I'll say this before you answer your question, because I'm going to say this quickly. Because Raw after Mania, there was 
a, a great period of Raw after Manias where the crowd went crazy. The crowd was chanting. The crowd they hijacked the show. They hijacked the show. I remember from t- maybe 2012 to maybe 2016, maybe 2017, the latest, the most, because I think that was the time when FTR debuted. It was 2017, give or take. Don't, don't quote me on that, TW. But that's when the, the 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 crowd was jacked. The crowd was hijacking the show. The chants were there. Every fan who you know bought that WrestleMania package, they made it a conscious effort. To do something very special on the Raw after Mania because they wanted to be the crowd. They wanted to be the city. They wanted to be the fans to say we were the best fans for a Monday Night Raw show. So let's say why was you motivated for a Raw after Mania episodic episode here on the PWR podcast? Well, first of all, this particular Raw that you picked, and I didn't even know uh, it was this one until watching it. This is the one where it was brought to my attention that Raws after Mania were the best. This, I don't know if this, I don't think this was the one with the beach ball bouncing around, but this was the one where, and 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 again, I must have revisionist history because it didn't play like this on TV. But I could have sworn this was the Raw that that made Fandango, that everybody was singing his music. Yeah, it did. and because he had went over on Chris Jericho the night before WrestleMania, his debut. And mm-hmm. everyone was belly aching. Oh, they're burying Jericho. I'm losing this guy. But that crowd came in and sang his song the whole time. But they didn't do that on this one. I watched it. Oh no, they did. Don't, don't they, worry about it. This is probably when I fell asleep and woke up to Jericho beating him up again. But uh, absolutely, you know how you are, TW. Sometimes but this you, is you, the <laughs> raw that that made this whole thing on my radar. Was this raw? And I do remember watching live. I remember the Dolph Ziggler part. I remember, but it's so funny to see all the people that are there and just like there's the Road Scholars. I forgot they were even a thing, and I liked them. Right, like right. It's it just it was. It, this was a really really good one to watch. You know, one of the things that I said to to Travis on Saturday, him and uh, Romans, I said, from what I've seen so far, because I watched Cena versus Theory, and then I went to a to an event with some friends and I came home and then me and my kids watched Logan Paul and Seth. And then we watched one more match. And then Sunday morning, I watched the rest of it. And I was like, this is a rewatchable WrestleMania. Like you're going to watch this one again. Mm-hmm. That's this Monday night raw. This Monday night raw. I saw live. I watched it again today. And I think I'll watch it again in the future because it, this is just like, they were firing on all cylinders in 2013. And I don't remember that. I don't, you mean the booking or the crowd? Which, which way? Everything. You everything was just gold, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, in that crowd, like, if you recall back then, Dolph Ziggler was a guy that everybody was like, when the fuck is he getting his turn? Like, he's like, he's more than just a good hand. He he has it. And, mm-hmm. and, and when he cashes in, he grabs that belt and he goes, I'm going to shine this belt up and show it off. And it was just, oh, apropos, and he goes, it's about damn time, which was another one of his... It was it's my time was this t-shirt or whatever it's about time whatever and it just worked man it worked the the, the crowd hated the bad guys they cheered the good guys we will delve into Dolph Ziggler's moment momentarily reflectionized I know that TW wants to talk about everything you know how TW is but I have to try to break it down as the host of the PWR podcast I have to break down certain segments here and there we're not going to talk about the whole three-hour show TW no 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 but we're going to break down certain things from it and the first thing that we have to at least talk about is again this is I hate to call this but the golden era of Monday Night Raw's 
is this here because the Raw after Manias was big time because in because this is 2013 TW in New Jersey in the Izod Center because they did the uh, WrestleMania at the at Giant Stadium, MetLife Stadium, whatever you want to call it. But last year, how was WWE going to top Raw after Mania when Brock Lesnar came back? You know what I mean? When that crowd was amped up, they were waiting for Brock Lesnar all night, 2012. And when he came out at the end, F5 Cena, you know, you had to think as an IWC, YWC, PWC pundit, what is WWE going to do? What is Vince McMahon going to do before the uh, dementia kicked in, before his mustache started growing, <laughs> before the black hair started getting darker? What was Vince, Man, Vince McMahon going to do to top himself from 2012? Well, the positive TW here is this. It was in the New York, New Jersey, tri-state area. So you already got those ECW rabbit fans. Of course, this is WrestleMania TW, so you know you got the international flavor. People from the UK came over. You know, before the pandemic, you can, you know, spend a couple of thousand, save a couple of thousand, and you don't have to worry about, you know, oh, COVID protocols. You didn't have to worry about all that bullshit, TW. And, you you know, <laughs> you spent, you know, your thousands of dollars to go at the Marriott, and then you went and you went to the to the shows, you went to the convention center, you went to the MetLife Stadium, and then you went to the Eisenhower Center. So, TW, you know... This is the golden age because right now I'm not I'm not saying because you're you're the traveler. I haven't really traveled. I've traveled on business. I haven't traveled personally. So I guess you could say, TW, you know, bef after the pandemic, traveling is not as fluid as it used to be. What say you, TW? Yeah, I mean, there's first of all, as someone who's gone on airplanes three Januarys in a row. Well, technically it was February this year, but uh, what a difference today flying is compared to even last year but absolutely dreadful in 2020 just dreadful and mm -hmm. 21 wasn't fun because i did fly and i just didn't go in january 20 i went in august having to wear that mask everywhere not not just on the plane you had to wear it in the airport in this wide open building where you could be 30 feet from somebody you still had to have it on at all times they made announcements they were going to leave they were going to walk your ass out of there if you didn't put one on it just was very i i hate to be the guy that does this but i can imagine it's probably how people in germany felt when they were getting told what to do and where to go just it felt you didn't feel free and mm -hmm. and i think WrestleMania is a perfect example. You got all these people who are holding up signs. One fan was says thirteen thousand three hundred and two miles from Melbourne, Australia to New York to see this show. You're not so willing to do that when it's a miserable thirteen thousand mile trip, and then you go there, and then you got to also wear a mask there, and you got to wear a mask in the cab, and you got like that. That mask was breaking me, man. So I can't imagine spending thousands of dollars to go. Because now when you go, it's a week. You're not going for WrestleMania on Sunday, March 27th, 1987 and going even, home. Even, even 10 years ago, it was a, a week-long event with the Hall of Fame right. and, and convention and all that stuff. And right. NXT wasn't really getting that traction yet. That was two years later. So you didn't, we didn't get the NXT bug. But I just wanted to say the difference is 2013, you just said, oh, God, I got a couple of thousand I saved. I'm going, I'm going to WrestleMania. That was a good old days. You didn't have to think about the mask. You have to think about protocols and all that good shit. Gives, so, it I, gives credence to them announcing they're in Philadelphia next year because now anybody who wants to go has a year to plan for it. Right. 
I mean, you know, the prof- the professors in the Bombay area. So, you know, we are rumbling, you know, the PWS <laughs> brothers are rumbling saying maybe we're going to have to, you know, invade the Philadelphia area <laughs> and enjoy a WrestleMania. So, you know, who, yeah. who, who knows, Reflection Nights, who knows? But with that being <clears> said, Reflection Nights, let's talk about the beginning because they opened the show and you knew this was Vince McMahon saying, I need heat. To start the show. And what better way to get <laughs> than the newly crowned <laughs> WWE heavyweight champion, John Cena. I don't remember what reign this is. I think this is number 13, if I'm not mistaken, TV members. Don't quote me on that. But the night before, he redeemed himself against The Rock. And, of course, everybody hated him. This was this was at, this was at the Phoenix of people. <laughs> People like when the music hit and then they kept chanting, John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. And so John you started buying later. shirts and I started buying shirts. I've been had buying shirts, but anyway, neither here nor there. But Vince McMahon knew to get the heat going, TW, you needed John Cena. And you know, the funny thing is, you know, everybody always debates. You know, of course, this. This was a what-if intro for Big Ray Hernandez, executive producer extraordinaire. And let's just talk about this promo itself because Big Ray has said in the what-if intros, if you remember, T.W., because sometimes you forget here and there, what if John Cena turned heel? The crowd after WrestleMania, even even every show, you know, you got the 50-50. 50, the, the kids and the women love Cena. And, of course, the horn, you know, the, the dudes that don't get you know, pussy, they're the ones that hate <laughs> Cena religiously. They're the ones that are jealous of John Cena. They're the ones that want to be like John Cena but don't want to admit it. What's the UTW about the atmosphere that John Cena brought in 2013 holding that heavyweight title up and doing what he was doing best, cutting his promos and playing to the crowd. Uh, This, in hindsight, you don't realize it when you're watching it back then because he almost looks like bummed out about it. This was absolutely John Cena being a heel, the way he was talking to that crowd. He was pushing the right buttons, getting the right reactions, and then going, the cheers the cheers and they boo louder and louder he knew what he was doing and real quick question because i did fall asleep this this one um is this the one where mark henry at the end of it did the power slam to him to turn heel like he was kind of a baby face to start it uh, and, and no no, oh, that was that, that was one. a couple of years. That was a couple of years later. Okay. This is just more of a pro- a program, uh, you know, for the show, and they were going to do something later on in the show to, you know, to work on. I think it was Backlash or WrestleMania Backlash for the next month, you know, on the WWE pay per view schedule. So that was a couple of years ahead of its time. TW, I know what you're okay. talking about. Yeah, where Mark Henry retired. No, he yeah, was that's still what wrestling. it was. He was saying yeah. he was retiring, and then he yeah. was it Cena or Randy Orton he did it too. No, it was Cena, but that was, was a couple Cena. of years. That was a that was a year or, or so later, so it wasn't yeah. here. Yep. So John Cena does what he does best, and the 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 one thing TW you forgot to to mention, or maybe again you were falling asleep. John Cena actually acknowledged to the crowd, "Should I do a heel turn now?" And what did he do? <laughs> he literally turned his heels. He was dan- he was dancing his ass off, TW. So you know, you say it, he was being heelish. He was just being humble. Why do you say that? I did not catch that. And I I absolutely 
That's so funny you say that because, again, I was so tired. I took mm-hmm. my dog to the vet this morning real early and let my alarm go off at the time I normally take my kids to school and hit snooze for an hour. Don't ever do that. Just change your fucking alarm to wake up when you need to because it made mm-hmm. my sleep so bad. Anyway, he goes, we can do a little shake. Oh, you don't like the shake? We can do a little turn or uh, spin. And he goes, how about a heel turn? And I, I didn't understand why the crowd popped. For a heel turn. And now that you said it, I'm like, holy shit, was I tired. So blatant. And it was hilarious. Of course. That, that's what John, John Cena plays to the haters. That's what made him great. And that's why, it, you know, the res- I had so much respect for him, even at that time, to, you know, go into the fires of the IWC, YWC, PWC, puns out there, TW. That's what made me respect him more. And that's what made me always buy the John Cena shirts. So, you know... What were you gonna? What were they gonna do for John Cena? What was gonna be his next program? So it was kind of like a bait and switch because he was doing he was he wanted to do an open challenge. He wanted to defend his title the night after WrestleMania because he is a fighting champion. And who accepts that challenge? But Mark Henry, sexual chocolate himself. And the funny thing is, again, TW, there's. I guess there's one caveat for the Raw after Mania because, of course, Vince McMahon is not stupid to know that the fans want to hijack the hijack the show. In comparison to 2012, he heard the he heard how the IWC, YWC, PWC pundits, you know, say boring or just go along hijack the show. So, you know, TW, do you in your in your Booker brain, if you're trying to be Vince McMahon, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying if you're trying to think like Vince McMahon is, you want to develop a program for Backlash. You want to develop a program for SummerSlam or whatever the case may be. The fans are not helping you. They want to hijack the show. And you, and you look at this first segment. Mark Henry comes out. Do the people want Mark Henry? No, not really. They, you know, Mark Henry is past his prime, you know, but... They they fuck with him, call him sexual chocolate and all that stuff. So you try, you know, he's a mother, he's a monster, he's a beast. But these fans are fucking it up, saying, you know, chanting sexual chocolate. So let's say you as, if you're in Vince McMahon's head, are you saying, oh shit, or are you saying, oh, all right, let's just roll with the punches? What say ETW? You're saying this is the raw after WrestleMania. We'll we'll worry about this shit next week. You worry <laughs> that it sticks because that crowd has been known to ruin careers and make them. So. Um, you know, Dolph Ziggler, I think they helped that night. Definitely Fandango. Um, <laughs> and they've hurt people's careers by by just not sitting on their hands for them. Or like there was one match, they, they just started chanting Randy Savage. It was Randy Orton versus Sheamus. They started chanting Randy Savage and then Hart. Oh, I don't, I don't that. I'm just saying, like, in your booker brain, what what do you think, Vince McMahon? Just roll with the punches and like, okay. Oh, he's king of the fuck you. Just keep the ship moving because I got a big picture plan here and this crowd's not going to fuck it up. Yeah, so, you know, and then let me ask you this. If you was there at the Eyes Us, if you was there at a Raw at the Mania, being who you are, being the man that you were, you know, Los Rudos and all that stuff. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you always say you, you don't watch it as a fan. You just watch it to critique. You no, know, I don't, I don't watch it to critique. You watch it and you critique against your will you can't help it but if you was there and the fans are hijacking the show does it mess with you does it mess your enjoyment up or what say you tw oh it's 100 
dependent upon how they're messing it up. If they're doing it to benefit me, I'm eating it up. If they're doing mm-hmm. it and sabotaging me, then it's like, eh. Like, I, uh, I'm playing that video game, and I thought of you. When Cena threw his shirt into the crowd at uh, the RVD pay-per-view, One Night Stand or whatever that was, and mm-hmm. the guy threw the shirt back, and then he threw it again, and he threw it back. Obviously, he could just stop and stop throwing the shirt. But he did such a good job of making it look like it bothered him. He, mm-hmm. that he kept, but he kept doing it, and I think someone finally kept it. But uh, but that's the kind of stuff where Cena embraced it and played along with it, but sold like he was mad about it. So, mm-hmm. and he actually says before, he you know he's introducing that match on the video game, and he said. It is the best wrestling fans he ever wrestled in front of in his life. It's one of his favorite moments of his career, and he has never experienced that feeling since and doesn't think he'll ever experience anything like that night. And that's him embracing those fans hating him when they're supposed to cheer for him, right? Actually, that night, I think he wasn't supposed to be cheered. I think everybody knew it was going to be RVD getting cheered, but no, he, but, he expected that, and he relished that moment. Right, and, and, he, and he got to do it without turning heel. Right, you know? and as long, as long as I've heard, he's always the reason he didn't want to turn heels. He didn't want to let down those Make a Wish kids that all look up to him, and he didn't want to all of a sudden be someone they couldn't look up to. Like that's that's noble, man. That's mm-hmm. you know, but but still do things that kind of make you look like a bad guy, right? And right. the little kids don't know the wiser; they just think you're getting picked on. And 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 the best way that John Cena fought the IWC YWC is to smile. And just keep, you know, with the I positive love. attitude. And that just pissed off the IWC, YWC people even more. So this segment just is proof positive. So while they, the back and forth jabber reflectionites, of course, they were going to make a main event. Mark Henry gets a chance to fight John Cena. If he defeats John Cena, he doesn't become the WWE champion, TW. No, 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 no. He gets implanted into a triple threat with him. Cena and The Rock, because Booker T, who was the general manager at the at that time, said that The Rock is the number one contender and he deserves to have the first crack at John Cena. So that's the logistics. So I'm not going to go segment by segment, but TW, you did talk about certain people that you saw. So, you know, it is 10 years ago and it is 10 years later. And one of the teams yeah, that usually. No, no, no. Usually, I'm just saying, usually that's how it I'm works. Just saying, like, like ten years ago and ten years now. Look at the the, the cast of characters. You know, age, did they age good or whatever? Cena, you, we already know Cena. He's got a ball spot right now, and he just cannot save. Right. Biggie Langston debuted this WrestleMania weekend in 2013, and we know where he is right now. He's trying to mend his broken neck, so hopefully he can come back stronger than ever. You said Rhodes Scholars with Cody Rhodes. He was dashing Cody Rhodes this time of year in 2013. Damon Sandow, untapped potential. So, TW, let's not talk about segment by segment. Let's just talk about the people. So, you know, does it make you feel older? Do you feel nostalgic seeing these guys? Like Biggie, let's look at Biggie Langston right now. Ten years as a WWE performer. He started out in NXT and his his gimmick in NXT, to a degree, was the five count. He did the five count like King Kong Bundy, and the and the Full Cell fans ate it up. So what say you about someone like Biggie Langston, where he is from then to now being a former WWE champion, you know, the New Day legacy and all that stuff? Well, I'm fine, because you talk about Biggie, you can't talk not talk about Kobe, who wrestled Fandango. 
they're so young looking there. And one of them is really young because he just started. But Kopi had already been there for a while because his, mm-hmm. his after he tore his pack. Um, he looks so young, though, there, right? And he still looks good now. But, you know, obviously he doesn't look as vibrant as he did then. Sheamus, even though he looks almost identical, he just looks better because he's got gear that has black with the green on it. On it. And I think now he just wears just black. Maybe there's a cross on his tights or whatever. Randy Orton looks exactly the same. Um, you, but the three guys... This. You're going to do this. You're going to eat while you're talking. I love these Thank things. And so eat. listen, though. The three guys that I was most happy for... Um, I'll do that. I'll do the three guys I was most happy for progression. Okay. And the three guys that I'm like, holy hell, time has not been good to them. Um, huh. So first and foremost is... Drew McIntyre. Like, wow. Just the, you, That's where he started going from looking like that little boy to growing facial hair and, and becoming more of a not a monster yet because he's still kind of thin back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Jinder Mahal. That dude was just lost in the weeds until three-man band. Like, everyone made fun of it, but that three-man band is probably the moment where Drew and Jinder got eyeballs on him because Heath was already kind of getting himself over as the one-man band. I remember thinking, that poor guy lost his gimmick because now there's a three-man band. And then they all get released, you know, one by one. And then Jinder and Drew come back as world champs. I'm still holding out for Heath. But the third guy isn't Heath. It's Zack Ryder. Look at Zack Ryder in the six-man match, which was a cool six-man match. You know, the three-man band versus Santino, Zack Ryder, and... uh Damn, who was the third person? Uh, give me a second. I'll get you the name. Do, do, do. It, go ahead. Talk about what Zack Ryder did to you. Oh, okay. And you look at this match, and it just screams impact wrestling, right? Santino's Ooh. there now. He's there mm-hmm. now. Drew went there to reinvent himself before coming back. Um, our truth I, I feel like he's been an impact and WWE the whole time because either Ron Killings or our truth right? And so... But but R2 looks the same. And then the three guys that haven't aged well, Jericho, he looks mm-hmm. so good here and just looks like the drizzling shits now. No offense to him, but you know, he's 53 years old and showing it. Cena, fuck, just get a tan, buddy. That's it. You get a tan, you're not gonna look so bad. But when you look at him versus Austin Theory, you're like, wow, that's what you used to look like. And this is what you look like. Now I get it. He's gotta have a bland look to make movies so he can play parts. And then um the undertaker is the third guy like he's almost decrepit there but to see him now that 10 years have been hard on him and Mm. obviously seth uh roman and 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 ambrose have all gone on to better things but the the guys who had not like those three came in hot so i don't want to say you know they were destined for greatness all three of those guys whereas drew gender and 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 zach Ryder. They, they fought for everything that they are right now. Ten years later, they've earned mm-hmm. every fucking penny. I know Jinder's kind of lost again, but he's still been world champ. You can't take that away from him. Yeah, well, AJ did, but mm-hmm. you can't take that away from him. But uh, but that's cool. And then, and you know what? Cena and Jericho and uh, Taker, still making way more money now in the business than I ever made in there. So I'm not being shitty to them. I'm just saying what a difference they look like ten years later. Yeah, gravity has not done kind to John Cena, especially his hairline. 
Undertaker <laughs> is wear and tear, and Chris Jericho, you know what? I think you have to give Jericho credit, at least in 2020, TW, because he had the uh, dad bod gut. And then he, he made a conscious effort to change his diet. So I ain't saying athletically he's better. I'm just saying mm-hmm. he made a conscious effort to make sure that, you know, he looked like a single father on Tinder wanting to get some, you know, half his age girls. So you got to right. give him respect where respect is due. So, you know, good names, good names about, you know, see, you know, again, Big E is one of those great examples of just having a long story career, but it wasn't easy. Big E wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't an easy thing being like Dolph Ziggler's lackey to a degree. And then 10 years later, being involved in one of the best trios in WWE history and, of course, a former WWE champion. So, you know what? In this uh, Raw at the Mania reflection, I said, yeah, we're not going to go second by second, but I'm going to talk about certain segments that caught my eye. And hopefully TW learns to just dump the shit. So this way I don't hear a rapper crinkling. But again, it is they were there. staring at me. I didn't even plan on eating them. I'm just saying have a plate and just dump it. But again, let me just say this, TW, because I got to go back to the crowd because of, of the hijacking. Because you name one of those names and you're talking about Seamus. Now, during this, uh, during the, the Mania weekend, Seamus, Randy Orton, and The Big Show had a program with The Shield. So what was their job? To get the shield over, and I guess, and, and you and I can both agree they did their job to get the shield over. But you gotta, you know, you gotta tell a story, TW. So Orton and Sheamus wanted to sh- teach Big Show a lesson. So both of them were fighting who was gonna, f- you know, who was gonna get the opportunity to teach the Big Show a lesson. But with general managers Vicky Guerrero and Brad Maddox, oh, what a blast from the past that is, and Booker T, you know deciding what was best for business what was best for business is to have Sheamus versus Randy Orton now on paper TW Sheamus versus Randy Orton is a good bid card match is a good match that could be you know is a quality I'm not going to say five star match let's say a four star match TW Randy Orton one of the best technical wrestlers Sheamus one of the best bruisers in WWE history but there was a problem TW and the fans just was not having it. So this match was boring to them. So you heard every chant in the world. You heard chants for Randy Savage. You had chants from Michael Cole. You had chants for JBL. You had chants that said, we are awesome. So TW, what say you about this particular match and this particular heater moment from the IWC, YWC, PWC punditry? The, the most insulting part of all, if you're Randy Orton and Sheamus, is the fact that this whole thing was being built up like Big Show can't be trusted. Big Show is the WWE's version of Lex Luger in WCW NWA, right? Good guy, mm-hmm. bad guy, good guy, bad guy. Now it's Randy Orton, but Big Show had that stigma, right? That probably ruined his popularity. Like he could have been, because he kind of had that like goofy dad gimmick right where the audience should have just loved him forever which is what our truth kind of has like he's just that goofy dad or the fun uncle or whatever the hell you want to call it where he can do no wrong people just react to our truth big show could have okay. been so much like when luger got turned on by tatanka and the crowd thought dibiase turned good with tatanka they didn't realize it was the other way around mm-hmm. when the big show came out for that match 
and caused it to be a disqualification, the crowd chanted, thank you, Big Show, for ending the match. Mm-hmm. That's insulting. <laughs> you, you like, know, they didn't give a fuck about all three of them, but at least you ended this, you put us out of our misery with this match. It, it was kind of a weird thing because, again, the, the chanting on TV was funny as fuck. I, I couldn't right. help it. And, of course, you know, you got a feel for the wrestlers. But for Michael Cole and JBL, they were just laughing their ass off because this was the funniest thing. And then, you know, Michael Cole's like, oh, they're chanting for me. They love me. They love Michael Cole. And, of course, you know, a couple of years ago, Michael Cole was one of the top heel announcers. But, again, neither here nor there. And then, of course, JBL gets his pop and all that stuff. So, the pomp and circumstances was funny, but again, Big Show, not Big Show, but Randy Orton and Sheamus, you know, 10 years later, TW, they didn't deserve that. You know, no, no. because number one, they were both technically tweener good. They were not totally good, but you know how what I'm saying. But they were they were supposed to be the baby faces to right. a degree. So, it, you know, if one of them was a heel. Then and the crowd did what they did and said what they said. I probably would have, I probably would have gave it a pass. And this was the match. The beach balls were, were you know going a little bit crazy here right, too. Right. This was the start of it. The next segment it went really crazy. But I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. But TW, as a wrestler, T, you know, again, you you're supposed to do your job to a degree. Get the match over. You know, get the match over and done with. Put get your shit shit in. But you know when the fans. Don't give two fucks about you. It's got to, you know, get to your ego uh, just a little bit. So what's yeah, it does. Dude, it's, I mean, I don't think Randy or, or, or Seamus would be thinking uh, this, but like if you're wrestling on a spot show and mm-hmm. like, like when I did the Windy City wrestling show, nobody knew who the fuck I was. Then I come out and I wrestle their fucking version of the Ultimate Warrior and I had no idea he's that big because I didn't get to talk about. We just called everything in the ring and I seen him. I'm like, what the fuck? But we don't have a match. And me as the heel, I turn to the crowd and tell them to suck it and all that. If they don't react to me, that guy's never booking me again, right? Like, so you're mm-hmm. worried about that, right? So, right. So you know, back to the video game. The crowd reacts to John Cena coming out and getting in uh, the face of Kurt Angle and saying ruthless aggression, right? They loved him at first before they turned on him. Um, so mm-hmm. so imagine if they just sat on their hands. We're probably not talking about John Cena. Like That crowd mm-hmm. would have killed him. They would have done it again a week later with Batista or, or some other OVW guy to see who got over with the crowd for doing it. And and then it would be a different guy who would be talking about twenty years of C Nation, but but that crowd doing it to, to them too. Uh, no offense to Sheamus, Sheamus is a good hand. I don't think Sheamus is somebody that if he wasn't there he'd be missed. And I don't mean that to sound as horrible as it sounds, but Randy Orton, someone when he's not there, people notice he's gone. They're they're we they still pop for Sheamus to come back when he's been gone for a while. But no one's missing him. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and Randy's probably one of the best ever to do it. At that time in 2013, they were, you know, they were there weekly and probably they were having too much TV time for the fans to, to digest. So I guess this was apropos for the fans to say, Vince, put, put, a, put the kibosh on their pushes right now. We don't need them right now because they've been in the main event too much. And that's kind of what weird. What I don't get is is those are the two that got turned on by Big Show 
And Randy wanted to fight Big Show because he felt bad because he got Seamus punched in the face for telling him to trust him. And Seamus wanted to fight Big Show. No, no heat with Randy at all. And then you make those two wrestle each other to see who gets to fight Big Show. It made no sense that those two would fight each other. None. Well, you know, you got to remember the general manager roles of Vicky Guerrero and Booker T, you know, fuck it up shit. Fuck it up the, the program, if you will. And, of course, Vince McMahon booking, you know, he must have been high as fuck. Yeah, so he thought it was just, you know. Like, you guys are just... never going to believe this, but I'm going to make $9.3 billion 10 years from today. There you go. So that that's <laughs> that's apropos, too. So, again, I just wanted to talk about that segment because, again, the, the fans hijacked the show in the wrong way. But we got to talk about somebody because you said it earlier. Some the fans hijacked the show for the right reasons, and it helped him, you know, to have a career for a. Co- right. What the I'm fuck trying. is the crinkling? I'm trying. I'm trying. Jeez, pour it, and dump it. Jesus crap. But anyway, it's sugar. I don't care. Get a plate. I have a fucking ant farm down here. Jesus Christ. But anyway. The fans helped this man. Fandango. So what 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 do I mean, Reflection Again, the fans just thought that Fandango had one of the best entrances in WWE history. But it was missing something. And it was missing lyrics. Technically, Fandango's music has no lyrics. There is no words to, to recite to. So what did the fans do? They improvised, Reflection Ice. And how did they improvise? And of course, you got to have the fingers moving. You got to shimmy it, TW. So, TW, what say you? Because if it wasn't for that, Fandango probably would have got released six months later. He would have been future endeavored six months later, or the character would have changed six months later. That, to me, helped him to be in the WWE for a couple of years. Of course, he did his thing with with Tyler Breeze and Breezango, so he had staying power enough. Of course, he got he would eventually get released in twenty. 20 i think because of the pandemic and the economics 2019 2020 i don't i forget the logistics theory but that doesn't matter but you got to admit because of the raw after mania and what the fans did he got staying power because the gimmick i don't you know athletically did his matches did it excite me no especially him fighting chris jericho i wasn't excited because you know he was too much of a novelty act he was a heelish to me santino morella but he wasn't that funny. So what say UTW about the fans saving the career of Fandango in the professor's humble opinion? Well, I remember there being a different spin on it. I remember it being people didn't like the gimmick. They hated the vignettes. They hated the idea of him being a fucking ballroom dancer. And I think mm-hmm. it was the fans embracing him like, fuck you. We're going to get this guy over as a rib. And it worked. But mm-hmm. I don't. I think it was sarcasm. It wasn't. They literally liked him because he did end up having a bit a bit of a career. You know, he got he got released in 2020. Uh, so did uh, Tyler Breeze. It was it was COVID releases all happened in 2020, but and then 21 and 22. But but yeah, he was one of the first ones I believe in in the summer of 20. But anyway, his popularity fell off fast. He mm-hmm. went from being over to not being over like 
no, no, I, I get that, but I think because of the Raw after Mania, in my opinion, right, it, it gave him. But that's why I mean it was fake. It wasn't real. It was that night, and then bam. You know who's similar? Zack Ryder. Oh. Everyone fucking acts like they dropped the ball with Zack Ryder. Well, guess what? Buy his fucking merchandise, and they're not going to drop the ball with him. Like they gave mm -hmm. him that WrestleMania moment. They tried doing stuff, and it moved zero needles. So mm -hmm. don't say they didn't try to give Zack Ryder a shot. They did. Right. And, it, and people think just because they say they like him, you know, all 2,000 these fucking internet nerds, we love that guy. Well, then buy his merch. If you would have bought his merch, he'd still be there right now. But you know what? You did him a favor because now he's gone on and reinvented himself. He's being stubborn. I'm stunned there was no debuts at WrestleMania, by the way. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. bringing back McAfee and Shane for three seconds. That's not the Hardy boys coming back or Cody coming there and, you know, but now they set the bar low next year and nobody's going to expect a return. And then somebody will, but anyways, uh, that I, I still think that crowd cheering Fandango was sarcasm. I don't think they gave a shit about him, uh, but his reacting to it made them like him. Like it, it turned like they, mm -hmm. like they were, Pleasantly the, surprised them, that he went along with it. Doing, but for them doing what they did as a rib or whatever you want to call it, uh -huh. you, you couldn't make him a heel. He was the right. heel ballroom dancer. Now, right. because of this, you had to turn him into maybe a joking heel or maybe, you know, try to give him more comedic overtones. Do you think that that because of that, it changed the like Vince McMahon's direction of his heelish character because it had to be more comedic than he wanted it to be, or because I think he was supposed to be more pomp and circumstances, like he's the pompous guy. He's got the like Sandow, or yeah, he was supposed to be better than you, right? So yeah, again, many levels to this where the fans help and hurt careers. They help Fandango, give him staying power, but they hurt the projection and direction of Fandango. Could you agree, disagree, or have a different take? And you know who someone similar is is Santino. When Santino debuted, he beat Umaga in Italy for the title. And then mm -hmm. he's got fucking Sacco Jr. And it's like, what the fuck? Because sometimes, hey. I mean, I mean, let's if we're gonna be fair, Kurt Angle is wearing his little tiny ass Toy Story hat playing the ukulele with Steve Austin. So they've all done it because shit accidentally gets over. And you're just like, oh, all right, well, let's do this then. But yeah, I still think we'll, we'll never know, obviously, if he would have been gone in six months, like you said, without that crowd, or if, if that crowd's the reason, you know, he, he became a comedic act versus mm -hmm. if he was. I can't imagine he was ever going to be serious. Mm -hmm. The only reason I knew this was like new early Vondango is it wasn't Summer Ray. You know it was that original girl with him. Right. But you know what's funny? Because when you say that, I just think about it like this with this generation of millennials you know everybody thinks they're the heavyweight championship material everybody thinks that they're main event material i'm, I'm yeah. sure and i'm not speaking because i know what fandango's head you know i'm in fandango's brain but i'm sure that fandango thought i i can sell out russell i can sell out you know <laughs> stadium i can main event wrestlemania against the rock or john cena <laughs> I'm not. You, it's good to have confidence like that but again the reality sets the character that eliminate he's trying to do Right. So, you know, the reality has to hit because people serve a purpose for a wrestling card and Fandango served a purpose in a comedic <laughs> sense. 
And like I said, it gave him a it gave him a six year staying power to be in WWE and to be on WWE TV. Plus, so, however long he was in minors. Yeah, that too. He was in the NXT. He was in NXT too. So you know, we went back and forth. What forward. was his? I was trying to remember what his name was. Uh, CK3 was Derek Bateman, right? Wasn't that his name? And he, then Fandango was Johnny something. Johnny Curtis. Johnny Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't remember what his damn name was. Um, so, with that being said, Reflection Nights, let's talk about one of the greatest Raw after Mania moments in the history of Monday Night Raw TW. And it was the money in the bank cash-in by Dolph Ziggler. What made it so intriguing, TW, was everybody was expecting Dolph Ziggler to cash it in at WrestleMania. Was he going to cash it in against Alberto Del Rio, you know, after his match with, uh, you know, Jake Jake Hager and all that stuff at WrestleMania? He could have done it. Jack Swagger. I mean, Jack Swagger. I'm thinking (laughs) of Jake Hager right now. But Jack Swagger with Zeb Coulter. And, of course, you know, we got 10 years now. Zeb Coulter is more MAGA than MAGA was ever then. You know what I mean? Hey, they they he he knew the future. Zeb Coulter, Dutch Mantel knew the future. Anybody Hager. with a fucking brain saw the future. <laughs> I, ain't going, I ain't going there. This is not the PWR. Is isn't, not he named, isn't he named Coulter because of Ann Coulter? Isn't that why they gave him the name? He was basically a guy version of her. No, Vince thought the name Zeb Coulter was Hick for like Tennessee, Alabama purposes, more country Hick. But Coulter was Ann Coulter was the one who everyone hated. Yeah, that too. But you know, he's. I think Vince was thinking more country bunkin. But yeah, I know what you're talking about with Ann Coulter. Yo, if they played it off that it was like Ann Coulter was his daughter, oh, that shit would have been funny. But neither here nor there. But people thought that he was gonna cash it in at WrestleMania itself. TW, he didn't. So people was like, wait a minute, this is the first time that somebody did not cash it in. You know. The, the clock was ticking. That's what I'm trying to say. The clock was ticking like, damn, Dolph Ziggler is holding on to that briefcase and he didn't cash it in that mania. He's literally. Is it, is it mania? Is mania? Where, that, this is when they switched to their own pay-per-view, right? Because that match used to be on mania. Yeah. No, I, I forget the rules about the money in the bank back then, but there, it, there was no uh, money in the bank pay-per-view. No, 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 there was. But I forgot the rules because it was supposed to be a year. It used to be like. Five years ago, from 2003, like eight or something, mania to mania. But right, then money that's in the when bank the match was. In. Yeah, money in the bank pay per view kicked in, so that turned into June or July. So, but people thought that mania was was your was that tipping point. It was yeah. that tipping point. Like, what the hell? What the hell they're waiting for? Mania was the perfect opportunity. Also, we thought. Now again, a cash in of this nature with the crowd who was starving for it was the perfect opportunity. And of course, uh, Alberto Del Rio, Alberto El Patron, if you will, had a two-on-one fight with Zub Coulter and Jack Swagger. And of course, we, the people. So let's say TW about the whole ambiance, the match and the crowd, because that made it one of the best cash-ins until Seth Rollins eclipsed that at WrestleMania. So I, I know, I'm just the best cash in is RVD challenging Cena man to man to a match at a pay per view down the road, not cashing it in on a limp 
dead body. John Cena. Cash and win is still Seth Rollins, no matter what, because he did it at Mania. No, 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 no. I, no, I, I'm saying for me, I think the one who looks like a man because he used it to open challenge, not sneak attack or whatever. Um, okay. He didn't do the heel move or whatever. And Seth was the first one to do it as a baby face, wasn't he? No, he was a heel. He was a heel? Yeah. I thought Roman was the baby face and Brock was the heel. Cashed it in on uh anyway. Um no, it was great, but this was a uh thing we used to say often. The entire walk to the ring by Zeb and Swagger is mm-hmm. something you couldn't do today on TV. He was mocking Mexicans' names. He was stopping just short of saying Alberto snuck across the border. He tried to get the whole building to chant uh USA. I thought he was going to try to do the Pledge of Allegiance, but you suck or something. USA. USA this was. And the crowd was with him. And then when mm-hmm. Alberto came out, they weren't. It was weird. That crowd's weird. Just all the way around. Well, the, the, you know, that crowd wasn't all Americans. They were. There was some international flavor with that, that crowd. Right. 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 Again, that crowd helped to make that cash-in feel more special. And yeah. of course, like you said, people and starving for Dolph Ziggler to take that leap, if you will, TW. So let's say you about Dolph Ziggler, what he did. That, that cash-in was technically man-to-man. I mean, of course, the real, you know, he was gimping a little bit, but yeah, so what? That's that's what a wrestler's supposed to do. He's supposed he to wrestled fight. a banger the night before and then wrestled in a handicap match that night. By the way, the most over guy in that building after Dolph was uh, Ricardo Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, they love that dude because of how he introduced Alberto El Patron. So what's ATW about the whole shebangabang with Dolph Ziggler? It was good. It was well done. Did you feel that energy? That's what I'm trying to say. Did you feel that moment? That feel that energy? Were you happy for him? And like I said, when he said, I'm going to take this belt and shine it up in my head, I'm like, he's not going to say shove it up someone's ass like The Rock. And he goes and show it off, which was perfect. Because that's what he mm-hmm. called himself, the show-off. And he said, it's about damn time. Because his shirt said, it's about time. Uh, yeah. And he earned it, man. This dude was a Spirit Squad member. Oh, and by the way, uh, Lenny Dykstra, or whatever, Kenny Dykstra, was uh, one of the dudes breaking up a fight on Monday Night Raw last week. Uh, the one before WrestleMania. I didn't know mm-hmm. he was an uh, agent. But that's kind of ironic, eh? It's very, very. Hates John Cena's guts through him and throughout is now an agent. Well, you know, again, Vince McMahon, as long as it's best for business, he will do what's best Some for business. Some of these guys that they hired, like, what the fuck in the big picture did Lenny Dykstra ever do to become an agent? There has to be someone else out there that goes, hey, man, I'd be an agent. When you when you know, TW, that your career is not going to go into that main event status, you learn to do production. I think that's the best course of action. That's why somebody like Steve Lombardi lasted in the WWE for 30 years. He knows he's not going to be the main event, but he's a serviceable hand. But, of course, he knows what to do behind the scenes. That's more valuable. That's all I will say. So let's talk about the closing moments of the Raw after Mania. Again, we could talk about John Cena versus Mark Henry TW. Again, if Mark Henry would win, he would infuse himself into the Cena rock match and it would turn into a triple threat. Cena wins by count out, but it's not, but that's not the big thing. The big thing again was remember, like I said, Joe, 
no, this is not my favorite wrestler. But anyway, what was Vince McMahon going to do to top last year? And I guess he tried to think that doing, you know, making that decision about feed me more, Ryback. Now, Ryback, before Raw After Mania, you know, people were, I guess, receptive. I'm not going to say that everybody was chanting, feed me more. Everybody was like, you know, thinking he was going to be the next Goldberg for, for all that, all intents and purposes, TW. But Ms. McMahon made a conscious decision to feed John Cena more meat, if you will. So you needed another person to, for Cena to, you know, have a backlash pay-per-view title defense or whatever the case may be, or, you know, a, a, a no mercy pay-per-view type of title defense. And who did they pick? They decided to make Ryback the heel. But again, with this crowd, what he did to Cena, people were thanking Ryback for doing what he was doing. But of course, TW, you and I know what Vincent Mann was thinking. So what say you about the decision to pull the trigger from taking the feed me more, you know, fans chanting in favor of Ryback to the point of using him now being the heel. Greenback is what he should be called. That guy is the biggest conundrum ever. Like, he was Skip Sheffield drizzling shits when he was Nexus. Mm -hmm. And then he became Ryback. And he became crazy. Didn't he leave because he's holding him up for money or something? I don't even remember what happened. I don't know if he's holding them up for money, but he is suing the WWE for trademark and all that stuff, IPs and stuff like that. Yeah, because he won the lawsuit and got to keep the name. Mm -hmm. I don't know fucking who's buying Ryback merch, but um, he is just, uh, he's the epitome of a meathead. Like someone who's just dumb as fuck fucking punch holes in walls, right? Just, he's, he brings nothing to the table, man, and makes himself look worse and worse. And then when he really crosses a line, someone will call him on. He goes, I'm just working the gimmick, man, which is what Honky Tonk Man used to say all the time when he would say the most brutal shit. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, you turn him heel, but it's, it's, it's almost a Shawn Michaels Bret Hart situation where is he really the heel if the crowd's cheering him when he does what he does? No. No, but you knew that he was gonna be—he was gonna serve a purpose for John Cena's reign to go on because no one was thinking Ryback was gonna become the WWE champion. But we, we, we've had those discussions, CW, where maybe you derail the momentum of somebody who can maybe bring merch to the table—you know, bring merchandise to the table and all that stuff. You make a conscious decision to protect your golden goose, and their golden goose is John Cena. So you know, maybe Ryback felt some type of wave behind the scenes with the politics but a decision was made and even i knew it well john uh ryback only has got one good month and then after that he's going to be lost in the shovel what say you and then we're going to close this out that dude was lost in the shuffle long before then but yeah I, i'm surprised he even had any kind of sustain because i'm i remember him being over at one point and i was like wow and it was the crowd chanting feed me more and it was right. but he's so bad like I will say Ryback CM, was improved. CM Punk doesn't shot. like you know, you know that. CM Punk blames Ryback for the injury that cost him to, to walk out of WWE. It was him. He has no bone. He'll fucking tell you today. To his face, he'd tell him. And Ryback, mm -hmm. I didn't hurt nobody. Uh, no, not me. Yeah, you did, you motherfucker, because you don't know what you're doing. That's mm -hmm. why I said Greenback, because he, 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 he's not safe. I mean, there. who was it? That fucking almost. 
tossed Brock Lesnar that first thing, and I look at all my buddies, I go, that's how you get hurt right there. It was fucking terrible what he did, right? And then you got Rhea Ripley just killing Charlotte, but, you know, what are you going to do? Some of it was just bad timing on their parts, but, but that dude, I just, I've never seen someone so not good think they were so that great. It's just insane to me, this guy, that he would get offended that people thought he was a fake Goldberg. And it's like, okay, Ryback, tell me who you think you are. If you're not a fucking fake Ryback, who do you think you are? He's this guy Hulk. would probably tell you Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah. Hogan, Warrior, Cena. He'll probably tell you he's Cena. No, dude, you're the drizzling shits. And no, no, Goldberg's not going to happen twice. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, another reason to have Cody lose. That's a good one is he hadn't lost yet. You know what I would have done in reverse? I'd have had him lose the solo Sokoa, then beat mm -hmm. Roman for the belt and then feud with Sokoa defending it. But I, I digress. Mm -hmm. Well, again, that, that's well, that doesn't work with Endeavor right now. They want the they want the big money right now. So the big money is Cody Roman, too. But with yeah. that being said, we close on this episodic episode Raw after Mania from April of 2013, 10 years ago, TW. Again, I was 35. I was going to be 35. Well, no, going to be 36 because my birthday would be the next month after that. So, you know, when you feel you, you get nostalgic, even on 10 years. But with that being said, what are we going to do next week? Reflectionize? I don't know yet. Might go episodic again. Might, you know what I haven't done? We haven't done a rivalries edition. So I have to kind of find two. Right back versus. John Cena. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I am not doing that. You know, I, I know that's the sugar talking. But with that being said, <laughs> I will find a rivalries edition for the Reflectionites and for TW to enjoy. With that being said, TW, give out those well, socials. Hold on. Before I give out the socials. Oh, boy. Can't not do this. Uh, first and foremost, I, I th this isn't a good what if for a show, but it, it crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. What if John Cena stayed dressed like he was against Kurt Angle and didn't switch to the white rapper or or took that stuff off, came to the ring with it or whatever. Do you think he... You mean the prototype John Cena if he just stayed the prototype? Do you think the, the jorts that is almost everyone's complaint about him, do you think that mm -hmm. is the reason he became the icon that he was? Because it's probably what got him the heat, that got him to never ever... Move the needle one way or the other, either good or bad, you know, sheer boom. No, when you look at Cena, it's the jorts, it's the swagger. The Reebok pumps got me when he pumped the shoes. Yeah. That's that's what popped me. So so you think it's the gear is why he sustained. Yeah, it was whereas the gear. a lot of people whereas a lot of people think he should have stayed as the prototype, I think he ends up just being like a Luger or a warrior, like a body guy, not I think the, I, the I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even give the Luger Warrior. I would think if he stayed as the prototype, he would be the renegade from WCW. Right. That, that's, that's how right. That's right. That, yeah, he would be right back. He would have been right back. So with and that, then, hold on. Oh, that's God, just a side note. But we cannot Christ. not talk about passing of this man right here. Okay. Butch from the Bushwhacker slash sheep herders. Just want to tell a quick story. Uh, mm -hmm. I got to live my dream of being a pro wrestler and the Bushwhackers were a team that I got to wrestle and <clears throat> man, I'd choke up and 
I've met some nice people in the wrestling business, but this guy, uh, ooh, man, hold up. This people guy. Say, people say he was, he was a sweetheart. So, you I know. I sat and we talked about life, man, not about the business. I walked up to him. My opening question was, hey, man, are you guys really from New Zealand? And he told me where he was really from. They were from a smaller island just offside of New Zealand. And he mm -hmm. told me, this is the thing. This is why I'm bringing this up, man. Because he was, he, he cheered up saying it to me. Right. And he said every year him and Luke would go back to their home country and they would start out for a month. They would take a month off, go back home. And he said it got so bad that it, it went from a month to three weeks to two weeks to sometimes they went there and left within a couple of days because they hated seeing what their country was becoming because of uh, whatever. You know, people. he told me there's bars over there, mate, he goes, where you could be dressed like you're dressed right now and they wouldn't let you in the pub. He goes, but mm. over the shoulder of the bouncer who's telling you you can't come in is a guy on the floor with a shirt and tie with puke running down his shirt because he's passed out from puking. And they don't kick him out, but you can't come in because you didn't have a shirt and tie. And it was just the way they pick and choose who got to go in. But anyway, this is what he said to me. He said every single time he left this country, when he came back and he landed in Florida, he got off that plane, kneeled on the ground, and kissed it and thank God that he was back in America. And that dude told me that with tears in his eyes. That's a dude who ain't from here, who came here and that became his home. And and it's sad how he went out because he was visiting. He, he was, I think, in L.A. to support Cody or something and never got to make it home to see his family. But uh, he, had a, he had a WrestleCon appearance with. Yeah, he's an he was an absolute. And Luke was cool, too, but Butch was the one that sat and talked with me. It's just about life, man. Like, we talked for a while. And just an absolute sweetheart of a human being. And I know his health was failing him in the last year, so I like to believe he's in a better place now. I wish Bobby Fulton was really pulling for him the last couple of days, and I was hoping he would have made it home to his family before he died, but he didn't. But I just like to say rest in peace to Butch. Rest in peace to uh, Bushwhacker or Sheepherder Butch. Yeah. I say both, so it doesn't matter. But right. Hall of Famer, Bushwhacker Butch. So rest in heaven to him. So, you know, with that being said, TW, nice to live we give out those socials so we can get out of here. Still doing the PWC? Of course. All right. So the PWC network at podbean.com. I mean, media group at podbean.com. HMG can also be found at channelattitude.com. Uh, R on Twitter is at PW Reflection. Uh, did I talk about Travis? I did. So, Travis, I'm going to give his out at Nuts and Volts, V O E L T Z, PW, Travis Volts. Can't do this without Big Ray. He says he doesn't have Grinder. You know what? Mistaken for his word. He doesn't have it right now. He, he snoozed it. But uh, mm -hmm. every social media group there is he's at big ray hernandez um then you have me at tommy 119 is my instagram and my one of my twitters my snapchat is number wonder facebook.com backslash tommy wonder and at the tommy wonder is my other tick or twitter and my tiktok and then of course big Vito and noel you can find him at big Vito brand .com, patreon.com backslash the big Vito brand or you can watch the early release of reflection videos at twitch.tv backslash the big veto brand. And of course, you can find me on my Twitter at PWSO PROF. That's PWSO Prof. And this gets uploaded by 8 Track Brown. This will be on the PWSO YouTube networks. 
Follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine, the man with the documents at Obi Wan, you know me, and of course, A Track Brown, the king of the reactions at the number eight, T R A C Brown. And again, next week, I'll find a rivalries edition. So, so TW doesn't fall asleep. So I'm trying to find a, a rivalries that hasn't lasted for thirty years. So he'd be proud. I wouldn't give him like sheep herders versus road warriors. <laughs> sheep herders. Well, you know what? But who did they fight? All the Fantastics and sheep herders. If I could find a sheep herders rival, I think we did a sheep herders. Yeah, no, we did. No, too late. We already did one. We did the sheep herders and fabulous ones. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, good. That's fine. Hey, man. Let's see Butch get his due. Well, Butch will get his due. We'll, we'll probably put a little spotlight on, on the Bushwhackers a little bit later down the line. But we'll, we'll, I'll find a rivalries. I will find a rivalries that TW can sink his teeth in. And with that being said, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful Dum Dum Do It. It's on. What's, what, what's up with the Blair Witch camera? You know, I see dead people. So either way. But anyway. <laughs> Tommy Wonder saying goodnight. And we'll see you next time here at the PWR Podcast at the PWSO Network at Podbeam.com. Peace. Peace.